Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Today, I am with my man, Sharif, and uh, Sharif is the CEO of Sharp Insurance and Trufla Technology. Not going to do any bios because we've already introduced them to you guys, and that's always going to be in the show notes uh, for your reference. Sharif, man, how are you? Welcome back. It it's hasn't been be that back. long. <laughs> great to be back. This is this is this is my favorite chat. So so so, uh, what do you think about you know the podcast? What do you think about doing your? Because technically that was your first ever podcast. I think the previous one, right? It was great, great. You know, I I, I was looking forward to this. I mean, it felt, uh, it felt not, I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty easy conversing with you. I got to tell you. Well, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's interesting because we get a lot of people that are like, what do business owners think of new mediums of communication? And that's going to kind of segue into one of our topics today. But for you, when you look at, you know, your traditional types of advertising, like how do you, you know, for you to sit, like, imagine, you know, back in the day you go sit in a radio station and you say, we're going to, we're going to buy some ad space. And I'm going to talk to somebody for like 60 minutes uh, about insurance in a long form uh, format. Like you'd be like, no, that's not going to happen. Why would anybody want to listen to that? For you as a business owner who's seen kind of a lot of change and progression, what do you think about the new mediums like podcasting, like, you know, people saying, hey, you know, I don't want to just, you know, figure out who the CEO or the founder of the company is by going to their website. I want to hear this person talk. I want to hear what they have to say, and I want to hear kind of how they came into that position. So, six-part serious question again. <laughs> funny you ask that because here I am talking to you, and I can't tell you how many times I've turned down the radio guys. Okay. I mean, I, I get I get those calls all the time. Hey, we want to get you on the radio. You know, this would be great. And I think to myself, man, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on the on, on the radio talking about. You know how I'm gonna protect their cars from an accident while they're in the car. <laughs> that, that, that's not logical. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know that's their that's their, you know, they're either raging or it's their quiet time or something. You know, they don't want to hear about insurance. The only time insurance needs to come up is when they need it, when they're buying a car, when they're buying a home. You know, when mm. it, when it actually matters so no I've, I've, these mediums are, are 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 great and i think they're they're much more powerful than you know traditional mediums and that, that's that's how we grew sharp i mean we grew sharp on the back of non-traditional mediums mm. or what are becoming now the more common mediums back mm. then they were. Mm. it's interesting because you, you know you know you get first right of refusal on on good opportunities sometimes if if you see it if you can kind of put your mind into a place that is, you know, you're, you're telling yourself, Hey, I see where this is going. It's interesting. Cause a lot of people say, Hey, long form uh, content doesn't work. And then Joe Rogan came on the scene and started doing three, four hour podcasts. And Joe Rogan's listener base is more listeners than all major news stations, radio, TV combined, and then some, right? So I think that, you know, the average consumer, do they want to hear about insurance off the top of our head? We say no, but I, I, again, I think it's all how you package and deliver, you know, that topic to somebody, right? Uh, for you, you came up with Trufla, you started Sharp. Trufla was born based on a gap that you've seen through your experience with Sharp and and kind of being in the broker world. And you, you've always been, I remember years ago, you were always focused on 
Like you weren't focused on appeasing your peers, so to speak. You're always focused on, hey, what is my customer doing? How can I make my customer's experience better? And that's where you've always kind of derived your ideas from. So let's touch on that a little bit. How has your in, you know experience in insurance really kind of pushed you into Truffle technology and basically saying, I want to find a solution for a problem or, or a shortfall that I see within my own industry? So, you know, early on, um, one of the things we wanted to do and literally back of a napkin, thought it was a cool idea, you know, after we started Sharp, we thought, hey, why, why don't we build a mobile app for our customers? At the time, iPhone 3 just came out. Everybody and their dog was building an app just because that was the cool thing to do at the time. So we thought, hey, everybody else is doing it. Why don't we just build a build an app? And so we did. Mm. And it started to get traction. Um, and we thought, hey, this is kind of this is kind of cool. So when we started going down that road, we realized, man, there's a lot of stuff that consumers actually want that aren't available. And then when our competitors started coming to us saying, hey, that's kind of cool. Can we use that too? We thought, hey, there's there's kind of something here. And, you know, maybe, you know, we kind of had this idea that if we elevate all, you know, <laughs> the greater for the for the greater good. And um, and so we did. And that's that's kind of how the, the whole idea of Truflow was born. And we just kept finding these gaps Um and we just kept developing for it and it, it kind of just ballooned from from there now in the insurance uh space because i don't work in that space on a daily basis is it really competitive amongst brokers like you know if i take the automotive i mean automotive can be very sharky it all depends on the operator who's who's kind of at the head of the dealership but some some you you have some like minds in that industry that say no no i love our industry and i actually want to make it better as a whole and i, I feel like that type of personality has the foresight to see that well you're going to benefit if you guys all get better as a whole in your industry every there's going to be enough pie to go around so to speak in the insurance business is it very competitive like when you bring a new idea to the table is it kind of like what is he trying to do or you know hey is this is this a competitive or is it received how is it received i guess is the question okay so so that i'm going to break that down to a couple of parts first sure. is it competitive so a lot of people don't know this, but the number one keyword online that makes up over 20% of Google's annual AdWord click, uh, you know, click revenue is insurance. Okay, now let, let me now let me pause you there, Sharif. The reason that Google ad revenue is so good on that keyword is the more boring the product, the more you have to spend to get a click. Anyways, yeah. continue. Which, 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 which is true. Um, so ultra ultra competitive. Now in the insurance world, split up it's split up into two uh, into two spaces. You've got your brokers, which are your um, you know they have multiple products. They sell to to the to the consumer with multiple options. That's that's how they go about it. And then the other half is direct writers, where mm. you've got single market, single product to the insurer. So that would be your difference between TD insurance, which sells <laughs> one type of insurance and your brokers that sell multiple types of brokers. Got it. We live in a world where, I mean, at least what, what Truefla believes in is that distribution is best through brokers. Consumers mm. need options. You know, they need to be able to have, 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 have variety to, to, to make the best informed decision. Having just one option isn't the best. 
Um, it would be no different like going to Amazon and saying, hey, I want to buy a USB cable, but there's only one type of USB cable to, to buy. Amazon mm. would, would fail. Yeah. Um, you go on to Amazon because you get choice and you get a lot of different things. So what we're trying to do is say, okay, this is the better way to buy it, but now we want to give them the technology mm. and the ability to win and to have that 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 experience that consumers are craving that hasn't typically been there in that channel so that they can win the long game interesting it's uh it's it's you know even back in the day well i mean i have my insurance and i we deal with one company and i actually asked the broker on the phone i said do you work this hard to be boring i said every time i talk to you like it's it's, it's, he's like, well, Ryan, I, this is really serious stuff. I said, I, I totally understand. I, I respect your due diligence in handling my insurance needs. But can we put a little pepper on it? Could I put a little salt on it? A little spice? A little love? Like, you know, I don't need to know, hey, man, you know, indemnity and all this thing. And, and, and I asked him one day, I just said, yo, could, could, like, like, why are you so boring? I just asked him straight out. And it's like, the, I don't think he'd ever been asked a question. I didn't ask it in a rude way. I kind of deliver it in a way that he, he kind of giggled. And then he's like, you know, I just, a lot of the people we deal with, Ryan, I just, I've been doing this so long that, you know, I go and pull my file and I wanted to kind of go and segue to that because I remember back when I used to work in insurance and a client would call in for any kind of like amendment or policy change or question about deductible or any of that. And the first thing I'd have to do is go to this gargantuan uh, filing room and pull the, one of those little manila file folders um, and pull this thing out. And depending on who was in that file or whatever broker was in that file before, sometimes the file could be a complete mess. So just to find the information that I wanted, it would, would take like for years. Have you guys went into a paperless format where you try to be as paperless as possible? Or is it the nature of the beast where you're like, well, Ryan, no, we, you know, we still need that almighty, you know, paper trail, so to speak. No, it's, it's, it's all gone. And I, I can say, you know, I don't think there's any, bro- I'm sure there are. None that we know that would still use paper, but it's it's almost all all paperless. I mean, the the, the world now is all about um, even when you're getting signatures and you're trying to get things done, it's all moving it's all moving digital. So, so going into the technology in which you built to basically help your fellow brokers out to to serve their customers better, you guys have an event that's Amplify, which I like yep. the word of it. Um, and it is good. It, what is your what is your goal with with these types of events? I know you want to obviously you know bring in new ideas and, and fresh speakers and different perspectives and stuff like that. But what ultimately is the goal that you're really trying to achieve? Because most people would say, Sharif, man, you got a good business going. Just run your business, close your mouth, keep doing your thing, you know. And you know you got a great family. You're living okay. You're living good. Like why why this? insatiable desire to say well no i i, I want to have an impact rather than kind of cash a check so to speak uh, i think it's both actually to cash the check and have it an <laughs> make some money while helping a lot of people it, yeah it's, it's not a not-for-profit um, yeah you know it, it, so first if if we're helping i mean you said it you talked to your your broker you said he's boring um you know, and he said, well, this is kind of how I've always been doing it. And that is very typical of insurance. I mean, the nature of it is very risk averse. So they just, you know, how they've been, how they've been doing it is how, you know, yeah. if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah. So we're trying to engage a lot more brokers say, hey, there is a different way. There is a better way. Start thinking about that, about that way. And that's the whole point of, of amplifying, getting them 
um, really starting to change the thinking of, of how they approach sales and distribution and, and insurance. Um, you know, I also believe that if I do that and I help brokers win and all of a sudden brokers, you know, if brokers represent half the market and direct writers represent the other half of the market, well, if I can help brokers get that other half of the market and I also get part of that other half of the market, we all win. And I'm just, you know, everyone's, uh, you know, champagne is falling from the sky and everything is, is good to quote uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on our last, uh, so some feedback I've been getting from our previous episode was, it, it was interesting. So one guy said, you know, Ryan, I like the guests you bring on because it just really amplifies how not smart I am. And, and he said it as a, as an LOL and I know him cause he's, he's, and he's extremely smart, but he, you know, the other topic, which was huge is a lot of people really brought up the selling aspect of it. Because when I asked you the question, you know, to marketing sales or blah, 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 all the roles that happen in a business, you know. What's number one? I mean, before I finish the question, you're like, well, sales, like hands down. Um, you're a consummate salesperson. And it's interesting because some of the messages I got back was they said, hey, Sharif said, try to try to actually, you know, contact somebody when they're not doing what's important to them, so to speak. So you're just chilling out, you know, casually. And their question was, wouldn't that annoy you? Wouldn't that annoy most people? But they like the concept of it because they said, it makes total sense because I don't want to bother you while you're doing the, the work that matters to you during that time. And of all the people I've had on this show talking about sales, nobody's ever, ever really worded it that way. And it's a very kind of, I like that layman aspect to it. What would you say to that person? Does it bother people to get bothered when they're not, when they're trying to actually, you know, kind of relax? I think it's the opposite. I think don't bother me when I'm in the middle of doing something that's already important to me, right? And 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 don't get me wrong, my personal time is important. I mean, I love my downtime, but if you do it right, you're going to capture my attention. And and because I'm not busy, you know, with 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 a lot of other things. Like if I'm sitting and watching TV and I get a message and saying, "Hey, this, you know, here's a product or a service or whatever," and I'm like, "Huh, this is interesting." I'm going to know it and say, okay, listen, get back to me at this time. I'm going to remember you and say, get back to me when it's important. I don't need to deal with it right then and there, but you're going to capture my attention because a business owner or an executive of a, of a company or whoever you're trying to get a hold of, it's on their mind all the time. Like they eat, breathe, sleep. That's their, that's mm. their, their life. They're always trying to think of, of other things. So, you know, you don't want to be annoying, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to get messages at 2 a.m., you know, when, I, when I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm, if I'm sitting watching TV or something, somebody sends a message that kind of catches me at that time, you're, you're, you're likely going to get more attention during the day. You don't have a chance. Like mm. I'm just, just too busy. You just don't have a chance. Where do you pull inspiration from? I mean, you're right. 24 seven, your mind's always going. If you take a holiday or trip with your family, you're still talking to the local uh, store owner. You're still, you know, every time always. I travel, every time I travel, right. And always. I'm sure your wife says the same thing. Wife's like, yo, man, every time this guy rolls up, it could be just a convenience store. And I'm asking the guy questions like, like, what's the real estate prices around here? Like, how does this how does this all work? You know, and I I, I love talking shop. It's just in my DNA. And I yep. love to understand the flow of commerce. I, I like this. I like to understand it on a high level. And then just the average person that's trying to sell some coconuts in the Caribbean, you know, two for five dollars. Like, how does that economically work for you? Where are you pulling your inspiration from and how do you, 
how do you because I don't believe there's balance in business. If you're an entrepreneur, there's no damn balance between family and work. For me, I, I have a true lifestyle. Saturday for me is no different than a Tuesday. Tuesday is no different than a Friday. It's 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 a seven day scale, right? How how do you where do you pull inspiration from? But how do you just kind of say, Sharif, I got to turn it off. I got to spend time with my kids. Got to hang out with my wife. And nobody wants to hear me talk about business right now because that's all my life is. So, um, I draw inspiration from everywhere. I mean, because you're because because you're always on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm, you know, whether whether I'm at, um, if I'm at my kids, um, you know, skating lessons, <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm watching the I'm, I'm I'm watching her skate, but I'm also watching all the advertisements along the boards, and I'm you know I'm thinking about okay, what are they doing? You know, is this stuff actually working? You know, what are, you know what are they doing to drive? The, you know, you're always on, so you're always drawing drawing inspiration from from um somewhere at least at least i am like there's, there's nowhere specific but i will say that for sanity's sake there are times where i've had to train myself mm. to turn it off right mm. so where and and not just for my sake but for the sake of you know you know the example that i'm giving my kids for example so you know we've got this rule in, in our house so you know at the dinner table for example there is no phones Mm. That, that, that is off time. That's us sitting mm. at the dinner table. We're just focusing on on us. I'm not talking about work. I'm making it about them, not about not about me, right? Or if we're, you know, we we, we have we have a you know a movie night or something something mm. that re- they require my attention. I've got to turn it off. Got it. But otherwise, my time is that's how I want to spend my time. <laughs> I'm looking at different ideas. Like that's joy for me. You know, I'm watching TV, but I'm half on the TV, half on my laptop, you know, looking, looking up. Yeah, yeah. Half, that's my time. But if it's their time, I'm, I'm on. But my time, that that's what I love to do. And that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration from. It's and so I think funny. most entrepreneurs are like that, actually. They, they are. It's, it's funny because a lot of, like I get asked that question a lot too. And, and, the only thing that really will take away from that is I love true crime. It's such a different, like, it's the one thing I can actually separate out of everything else. Um, two gears, you know, people, because people, you know, the, the the subject of productivity comes up. And how do you get so much done in the same amount of time that, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day. And you're, I can tell you're, you, you to me seem like a purebred marketer at heart that that is running a business. I see a lot of the marketing side in you because anybody who's looking for different ideas or looking at advertisements for fun like that's that's not fun for the average person so if that's where your mind is going it's something that uh that uh the higher power above is you know implemented in you from the hop right for for inspiration and people that are listening to the show right now we're sick of being inspired right now i think we're sick of you know being motivated you know people are like i'm motivated and inspired out there's so much content around that uh, content obesity is real. So for you, uh, how do you deal with the types of content in which you're putting in your brain? How do you, what is your filter system to make sure that you want your energy going to the places that matter for you, your business and your family, as opposed to being, you know, sidetracked by, you know, us marketing folks to, to waste your time and try to get your attention, so to speak. Um, again, when, when, when it's my time, I actually don't mind the, I mean, you take one look at me, obesity is kind of a natural thing. (laughs) Whatever, bring it on. I'm okay with that because, but I look at that as I like looking at all that stuff just to, 
um, you know, just to compare, just to look at, see, hey, what, that's kind of cool. Look what they've done. You know, I want to read this. Look what they've done. You know, but I'm I, I I'm not looking at it as I'm actually taking a lot of that content in, not you know, for let, let's say my own self help or anything like that. I'm actually mm. looking at it and say, hey, you know, that's kind of cool, and mm. people are engaging with that. Can I do something like that as well? Mm. How can I take that and apply it to something like insurance, for mm. for for example, right? Which which may or may not work. If I do a TikTok about you know insurance. You know, it's likely not going <laughs> going anywhere, but I, I, I actually seek that that kind of stuff. But for most people, it, it's there's so many variables. It, it depends on kind of the where you are in your life, what you're doing in your life. You know, mm. you know, really tough one, really tough one to answer. I mean, I I kind of like all the all the all the content, but I look at my wife and she absolutely hates all the extra she hates all the mm. extra noise and does mm. everything to, to to get away from it you know that's a very i think that's more of a personal so in some ways so so in some ways do you think she, the fact that she doesn't like all that really helps to balance you out subconsciously maybe this is what I, i'm this is what i'm all about on the podcast shreve I, yeah. try, I i try to dig deep because you know people that listen i, I mean i listen i honestly i spent a lot of years consuming content lots and i did it specifically I, I consumed content way more than I produced it. Like opposite. I mean, I was probably consuming 90% producing 10. And for me, that was a lesson. Ryan, shut your mouth, learn, observe. And then when yeah. it's time to go out, let's go out hardcore. And for me, I said, okay, the moment, and that's why you said, you know, hey, he started a show because it was deliberate. Cause I said, no, I'm, I'm ready to, to kind of push it, push this out and, and put a spin on things. Because for me, the one thing I always found was either people were talking in circles they were saying the same shit in 26 different ways, but it was the same shit. Um, and nobody was really getting to the heart of the meat and potatoes, you know, where it's great to be inspired and motivated, but it's like, I, I want the blueprint. Somebody gets like a, you know, I I've been, I, you know, you know, how some people you get the hater syndrome, right? Man, my neighbor's doing this. So they bought a Lamborghini or, you know, blah, blah, blah. People get into that. I was always somebody like, yo, man, I want to become friends with him or her. And, uh, I want to figure out how they did it. I mean, I want to learn. I, I, I'm like, yo, man, can I take a spin in that thing with you? Let's go. I'll buy his coffee. And that's always the attitude in which I've taken and, and becoming a sponge. So for you, do you feel that, um, you know, that kind of yin and yang does provide you with a little bit of balance? Because let's let's face it here, like entrepreneurship, even though it's being sold as a rock star thing with the whole Gary V's and all these things in the world, it's not glamorous at all, man. You're, you're cleaning shit all day, a lot of days, and you're putting out fires. Like, it, you're a professional firefighter. So, my, <laughs> I, I will say that I think you nailed it on the head, because even if I'm watching the news at night, you know, I always say to <laughs> say to her, you know, why don't, why don't you just come watch with me? You know, let's, let's hang out. We're watching it. She's like, you're already, you're already listening to it all. You know everything. You know, if I need anything, I'll just come to you. To you, for <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. She's smart. No <laughs> she doesn't want. She's like, you're already consuming it. I don't need to to consume. Yeah. It. You're good. Yeah. Um, but I always, you know, and then and then the second part about no, there is nothing glamorous about being a, a, an entrepreneur. It is a lot of work. You know, it it, it goes back to you, you reap. What, what what you sow you put in the hard work you're gonna you're gonna reap something you know reap reap a reward from it but that hard work is tough i mean even on my 
you know, my personal Facebook profile, which, you know, I, I don't post a lot of stuff or, or, or whatever. Cause again, I'm, I'm more about consuming. You're a freaking uh, ghost, man. You're a ghost. We're going to talk a lot about this too. Cause you're one of those people that's in the shadows, man. Just, just consuming everything too. And Sharif always remember, this is not Q and a man. This is, this is a, a jam session because it's funny. Cause I, and I've asked you this before. I'm like, well, is there a strategy behind you sitting? I've always wondered what people are doing. there, sitting in the shadows, especially when I've talked to them in person. I'm like, this person's very engaged, very, very in the know, you know, very, very forthcoming in, in person. This is not like a, a quiet, passive person. So how the hell do you just sit in the weeds and say, hmm, I'm going to observe. You know what I mean? And you do this. You do this so damn good. I, too I, too I, good. I like to observe. <laughs> um, but but like I said, even in my Facebook profile, my my title, my job title is janitor. Like that, that's because I know I'm the cleanup crew. And, and I tell, especially people that want to get into business, I always say, being an entrepreneur is like a movie. What everybody sees is the final cut. Mm. They don't see what it took. They don't see the production. Mm. They don't see mm. you know, the, 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 the retakes over mm. and over and over and over and all the mistakes mm. they make. Like you're just seeing the final edited, mm. you know, what, what's, what's, um, you know, what, what's put in front of you. But part of the reason why I'm in the shadow a lot is because, one, I like to observe. I like to see what other people are doing. And quite honestly, it also gives a chance for people on my team who I'm trying to to, to, to grow, you know, and, and, and groom and different things to, to, to take that, you know, to kind of step into that, to mm -hmm. that, uh, to that role. Think of it more like being a, um, a quarterback, yeah. <laughs> you know? versus yeah. actually being the person out there and, and we've talked about it a lot you know with with our team saying you know maybe you should be the person that's more out there I, I, you know it's maybe but i also I'm, I'm very big on you know listening observing consuming you know just kind of taking it taking it all in well what do you think about uh what do you think about you know kind of bringing in that personal branding element into an organization that this is something that's such a big topic in the marketing world is personal branding, personal branding, personal branding. And everybody's like, you know, what, what, what the heck's personal branding? And all it is, is it's kind of taking some people that you've identified as intrapreneurs in your organization, meaning they're not an entrepreneur. They don't own the company, but the responsibility and the level of kind of game they play with themselves and coming into work and, and always trying to take on more than, you know, what's, you know, expected of them. And taking that leadership role where you're saying, hey, this person's not just like an employee. This is a very intricate part of our operation. And having that person develop their brand under a Trufla or a, or a Sharp uh, logo. Back in the day, you'd be fired for that, literally. There's nobody bigger than the brand. There's nobody bigger than the company. And now with, you know, the emergence of social media and the internet, you know, a lot of companies are saying, no, no, no. Somebody's really great and adept and has lots of great information to put out. By all means, like, we'll help you. We'll help you put it out. What What's your opinion of that being a yeah. being an owner? Uh, for sure, I'm I'm all about that. And because you know, especially for the you know the people that are that are customer facing, mm. you know, I want them to be those that expert. I want our customers to look at them and say, "This is the person that I want to talk to. This is the person I want to uh, work with." You know, this is it. This is it here. You know, and that and and it also shows the quality of the kind of company we are, right? If you've mm. got quality people, you just you just elevate everybody. So no, we're we're very big on that. And if you look at a lot of what Trufla does, you know, a lot of our videos actually involve a lot of our team. Like we just we're, we're you know mm. our content shows all of our 
all of our team. It's not any one any one person because it elevates everybody. You know, elevating everybody's brand elevates the company's the company's brand. So going into uh, it's interesting because you know you, you talk about insurance, you talk about you know different types of uh, or, or or different brands that you could you know kind of maybe build inside of that. For you as as an owner, how do you go about? I, I always look about scalability. Right. Uh, a lot of solopreneurs out there, owner operators, you know, they kind of do everything. The chef, the, you know, the cook, the, the server and all that. Going back into your early days and saying, oh, my God, we're going to hire our first employee. And I mean, first, like if you can go back to that, I mean, just you and your partner and then the next person in. I don't care if it was a receptionist, an assistant, whatever it was. How how hard or not hard was that to do at that time? Because and, and I'm just going to give context because for people to relinquish, like, I mean, we all get that, you know, imposter syndrome is real. But then there's also, I don't know if somebody can do it as good as I can. You know, that syndrome real. And when yeah. you delegate into a team, you you know, you kind of have to get over yourself and your ego and get out of your own way. So for you, what was that like going from a pivotal moment of it's me and my partner who started the company or doing everything to time to time to build a team? Yeah, uh, well, fortunately um, for us, that kind of happened early on. So, you know, we started the the brokerage, two of us, and, you know, we, we a lot of the moves that we made early on started to kind of pay off and, and we started growing at a, at a pretty quick, quick pace. So we had to hire someone within four months. And the person we hired, actually, because of that fear that you talk about, you know, having to relinquish <laughs> a little, the first paid employee was actually my wife. Okay, <laughs> like, okay. Why don't you kind of, you know, she was working at the bank. Why don't you leave your bank? I'll, we'll pay you exactly what you're making at the at the bank. Yeah. You know, but, you know, that was kind of easing, easing into it, right? And then we brought in his wife into the Okay. <laughs> And now we're then then at that point I was like okay well we got no other wives or anything like that we're bringing bringing in other people but it was people that were close to us too right because it kind of helped us you know you you, you get comfortable it definitely especially when you're starting up a company is not easy kind of relinquishing things I I feel that you know I've been there but I will also say you have to like you, you you can't operate the the company and and that is actually the key to how a lot of people say well how can you as an entrepreneur you can get a lot more done you know the same amount of hours anything like that what's well, because now i have i have people that i trust you know and i can i can i can push stuff off to people that historically was just it was just me now it's like no it's now you mm. you know and i'm going to move on to something else you know i kind of mm. built it do and next move you take this now mm. i'm going over here um i think the two tie in tie in together so so we call that nepotism in the workplace right at the the beginning right (laughs) it's like well that's sharif's wife you know she made some errors i don't know i don't know should we should we confront her about it should we go to him or how's that gonna work out for us and i mean these are all these water cooler type of conversations that go on when you see a lot of you know families that own a business you know so, I mean, that's huge. I never knew that. that. That's a that's a big topic in itself. So for me, you know, I, I, I'm all about, hey, man, family. Uh, my, my wife, for me, is the number one person I can trust. She's my partner. She's she's everything. So I don't mind that. And I call my wife my co-CEO of my life, our kids, our family, business, whatever, the, whatever it is. So I'm very big on that. However, a lot of people would say, oh, my God, you're going into business with your spouse there's a lot of horror stories that 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 are 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 entrenched in that. 
So for you, how how did that work out? I mean, clearly it worked out good, but was there any kind of apprehension? Like, ooh, and then you got two wives. Like, both of you guys are bringing your wives in, and I'm like, well, that's a whole different dynamic, right? Was there any, like, moments where you're like, I don't know if it should have been my wife, or, you know, you guys are, or was it just smooth sailing? No, we kind of identified early on that, you know, when, when she came in, she was coming in into more of an admin type role. Okay. Uh, so she reported, you know, to, to my business partner, actually. And, and her and I never talked, you know, you know, we, we never did lunches together at work. You know, there was a kind of that clear, <laughs> you know, division, um, mm. you know, and then when his wife came on, she was more of a salesperson. So she was more on the sales side. So she worked with, uh, she worked with me, um, you know, and, and, and as long as we kind of kept those divisions there, um, you know, it worked out. And then as the business grew, they kind of just went there, you know, kind of went, went on their way. Um, so they didn't last long. They just helped kind of support it short term. And then, and then that was it. Um, it can work as long as you know how to draw the lines. And that's mm. where most people fail is they don't know how to draw the, mm. you know, draw those lines and those separations. So sales, you're, oh man, cause sales, 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 sales. When you were getting it, when you were trying to grow the business, I'm assuming you had some goals that are laid out where you're like, I need to make this many calls or I need, I need to be talking to this many people and trying to adhere to that. I don't know what your process was or your prospecting process, but it's, it's, it's human nature to this day. I mean, if we're, if we're talking to 10 people, seven are scared shitless to hear no, like just just scared to, to get that rejection. I know your backstory of you're like, man, I've been to the bottom. <laughs> I know what that feels like. It's not great. So there's a level of humility that kind of wraps around you. I feel like once you've experienced that kind of pain and anguish. So when you're moving forward, you're like, everything that I get is literally cherries on top at this point. Cause I've seen what the other side of this, this can be for you. What would you say to somebody listening right now that says, man, Sharif, I, I've read all the books. I've watched all the Gary V videos and they go to pick up the phone or send the email and they're like, I I just can't like, there's something holding me back. Like, how do they get over that? You know? And what is that about? Like for you, 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 you got so many years of experience with that. And I'm sure to this day, you still hear no once in a while, just doesn't work out. Not the right fit. Whatever the, whatever the, 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 the situation is, what would you say to people right now? And the nose, that, that fear is really holding them back from doing really great things. So anytime I hire a salesperson, this is always what I tell them. So let, 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 let me walk you through this. So sure. I tell, you know, if you have a pulse, you know, you, 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 you just, you know, you're, you're a salesperson that has a pulse, no matter what you do, you're going to get nine no's and one yes. Mm. One out of 10 will say yes. Mm. If you're kind of your average run-of-the-mill salesperson, you know, you're kind of your everyday <laughs> salesperson, you're getting eight no's and two yeses. Interesting, okay. If you are a top-tier, best of the best, I mean, you know, selling ice to an Eskimo, <laughs> you're getting seven no's oh. and three yeses. Oh, I like that. Right? I like that. So what's the difference between the person who gets one out of 10 and three out of 10, right? Well, when I ever ask people, you know, what's, what's the difference by percentage? And they're like, well, that's, it's, it's, it's 20%. No, it's actually not 20%. It's 300%. 
right? The person that gets three out, you know, three out of seven means that they can work, you know, one third of the time as the person who gets one out of one out of ten mm. and and write the same amount of business, right? Mm. And for the person who does one out of 10, he has to work three times as hard mm. as the great sales person to write the same amount of business. But they're going to get to the same place. It's just mm. now dependent on effort and capabilities in there. And those numbers are consistent. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm. You are going to get more no's than yeses. If mm. you can't accept and be comfortable in a big pile of no's, mm. then it shouldn't be in sales because you are going to get, it doesn't matter how long you've been in sales. It doesn't matter mm. your experience, your title, whatever. It's way more no's than yeses. That's a fact. But people have, but people equate the no with with their self worth a lot of the time. Sharif, it sounds like we got to get we got to get biblical or, or romantic about it because some people feel really sad. It really dents their their being. It's not. It's a it's a terrible. Even myself, I hear a no. I'm like, I can't just walk away. Like I get a tick. You know, if I hear a no, I'm like. Like, you know, it just, it, it always happens still. It doesn't matter. I could have 10 wins before that no. But that no, it's still like, you know, my wife will be like, how was your day? I'm like, well, I, you know, nailed this, nailed this, nailed this. But it was a really bad day. Well, why? I got one no. She's like, what? But you got five yeses. It just always bugs me, you know? And I, and I, I talk about it openly. I'm like, no, no. The only path to salvation, man, in terms of great business is being vulnerable to some degree, right? So for you... What do you say to your staff? And they say, man, Sharif, I, I feel like I'm I'm a worthless, you know, piece of, I just don't feel good. I'm getting rejected, man. Let me ask you this. Sure. Yes, for, for you. I mean, you get upset when you get one no, right? Yep. How many no's do you give out in a day? I, I so It doesn't even get to a no a lot of the time. It's just an avoidance. I'm like, you annoyed the hell out of me. I don't, you don't we don't even talk. You know, how many yeah. times? You know, yeah. If you think about it for yourself, do you dish out a no? Yeah, you do. Of course. Why, is yeah. it, why are you any different than anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> you dish it out. You've got to be able to. to take <laughs> That's no. true. I like that. Somebody I like that perspective. Something to you, you know, and you say no. You know, why don't you just say yes? You know, you say, well, I, you know, I want everybody to say yes to me. So I'm just going to say yes to, to everybody. Yeah. It, doesn't yeah. work, it doesn't work like that because you could be one of many people that's going to offer the same thing they can't say yes to every to every person you know and and getting that yes is a combination of you know the right skill yep the right timing timing huge huge you you got to factor in you know is the person on the other side you know are they having a good day are they having a bad day did they just get a no Right, you know, they're just, yeah, they're just yeah. out nose, you know, because yeah. they just got. There, there's so many, there's so many factors, like things, a lot of things got to line up. So people that take it personally, you know, don't understand that you know all, all the other intricate pieces that are connected, that are connected to it. And I, I'll say that you know people that that get offended by it likely belong in the people that you know that just have a pulse that are that are selling because yeah. you know great great salespeople know. That it's like, okay, oh, I got a no. Perfect. That's one closer to my yeah, yet. You yeah. know, every time I hear that no, that's one close. It's it's gonna hit. It's yeah. a, it's inevitable. It's gonna hit. And even with basketball players, I notice you've got you've got the Raptors there. <laughs> or you look at basketball, you look at baseball players or hockey players, they look at averages, and their averages are yes. over many, many, many shots that they've taken. They might go through streaks where 
you know, I'm going to get 20 no's before mm. I get the first yes. But on the long run, mm. you know, you might have streaks where you hit seven yeses out of mm. 10, you know, and three no's. Mm. It just averages out over time. It, timing plays a huge part part of it. And, it and, 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 and if you don't get that, then you don't actually understand the fundamentals of sales. It's interesting because Michael Jordan, they, you know, they, they asked him one time. It was uh, it was a good one. One of the quotes I never hear, but, he, you know, they basically said, how are you so cool and calm? You know, every time you step into a shot and uh, he's like, I don't ever put any energy into a shot I haven't taken yet. He's like, I don't even think about the possibility of it not dropping or dropping. He's like, it's a wasteless use of energy and time. He's like, because why would I worry about something that hasn't even happened yet? And, and, and I feel this is where a lot of salespeople kind of stay because they're they're worried about the no. When they pick up the phone, what's going to happen? I'm a big energy person. I'm all about manifestation. If you think the worst is going to happen, I just feel like it could happen. And yeah. that's where I tell people, don't walk into something with a with a bad, you know, energy around you. You got to walk in being as positive and, 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 and forthcoming and forthright as, 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 as humanly possible out there, right? Would you say your business is built? It's a trick question. Would you say your business has been built on no's or yeses? Um, Think about it. That is a that is a great uh, a great question. A lot of people they answer it really quick, and I'm like, did you did you think that through though? Definitely on the nose, actually. Yeah. You know, I've, 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 you know if I, I I could, I don't even think I could keep count of how many of how many nos um, that I've had, and if it wasn't for those nos, it may not have led to any of the yeses. I may have been too busy with some of those nos that it didn't lead that it may not have led to any of the. The, the yeses the more valuable yeses that I've that I've had mm. so you're 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 of the thought process it doesn't happen to you it happens for you kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure sometimes you got to go left to get right yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, know, yeah. You, you know you take four left turns you're still gonna get to the you know you're still gonna get to the same place you'll take it'll take a few more left turns but you'll get to the right place Okay, I like this. I like this. So Sharif and I are, are doing a, a double header today on the podcast. We're actually gonna we're actually filming two episodes today. So I'm gonna wrap this episode up. Uh, Sharif, is there anything else you'd like to uh, to say? Of course, you know you can say where everybody can reach out to you and Truefla and all that good stuff. But uh, just anything you wanna any closing remarks? Um, well, uh, you know from the comments that that I saw from the first podcast. If you need insurance, you know where to get a hold of us, Sharp Insurance. You know, we're happy to talk to you on a Saturday morning, anytime. Um, we'll even pour the coffee. So you just, you, we'll talk to you about the insurance. For, you know, Trufla, um, ask your broker about it. Ask your broker for the technology that Trufla, Trufla provides. Uh, or if you've got any questions about Trufla or anything, you know, business related or, or whatever, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn um, at Sharif.Jamail or you can reach, you know, find me on uh, on Facebook and look for Sharif Jamail, even though Ryan claims I'm a ghost, I do respond to <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more like Casper the friendly ghost. So you can reach out to me anytime and I will I will respond. You know, what's interesting too is that, you know, you put I put up that post and I kind of looked at the clips and I said, what's one that I feel like, you know, can splice in some some value, but a little humor to start too, you know, something a little light. And uh, it's amazing how even though you kind of put a light subject to it, people are like, well, no, no, wait a second. I, I, I'm not happy with my insurance and I would like this. And you start, you're like, wait a second, like people, 
they everybody has an opinion everybody has an experience you know and some people say hey my broker sucks and other people's like my broker's great and um i just kind of love it because i'm like you know when you really <laughs> if you're in business and you want to know where you're at or, or kind of what your marketplace is that's what i really do love about content that being said sharif i know you got tagged on linkedin it's a lot of work responding to people it's a lot it's time intensive to be up in the comments and linkedin particularly i want to draw focus to because you're not getting just that was awesome prayer hands you're getting like paragraph comments which means you have to actually read the whole comment and then reply with more than like a happy face emoji what do you think about that like when you see that it's very time intensive uh it, it is and anybody that i've talked to that spends a lot of time you know especially if, you, if you're on the if you're on the production side of of uh of content it's a lot of work it's, like it's, of work. it's not easy but again it goes back to what we were talking about earlier no work <laughs> no reward it's not yeah. meant to be easy you know and it's going to be valuable you got to put in a you got to put in an, uh, an effort love it uh everyone again if you've not written a five-star review listen we got some dirty listeners out there that have been day ones and they haven't put up a review yet i know i'm, I'm tracing the ip we know who listens i can see the listen through rate you owe us a review but you know we love you and always remember write the review five star and curiosity should always be your mandate sharif thanks so much for another episode my man thanks ryan